0: We want to thank our station sponsor, Pentanet, for all your uh, wireless internet. Guess what? what's happening here? We are actually switching to Pentanet. That is, we actually got the router today, or the modem, whatever you call it, um, and we are switching to Pentanet. Uh, They have been great supporters of DRM1 United. But I'm joined in here by in the studio, me and Peter are joined in the studio by Graham from out in Perth. Hello, and congratulations
1: on being live on air. Yes. It's a big milestone, you know, there's a lot of work that goes to get to this point.
0: It is, you know? yes. And, and I will say this, it come together last minute, like drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's last minute. If it was drag queens, it would be like an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, uh, I used to be one. Uh, We've all stood
1: there on the stage going, I'm sure it was a one o'clock show.
0: Yeah, it's now two o'clock. Yeah. Um, now we're talking out in Perth. You have been in the press. You just m- mentioned
1: something which I didn't even realise that, yes, we are the longest-running LGBTIQ+, how many ladies yep. want put, <laughs> uh, publication in <laughs> Perth. And I hadn't realised that until you said it just a moment ago. And I sort of stepped back and went... And I did the maths in my head and went, yes, yes, we are. That is true.
0: Do you know the the interesting thing is I remember picking up at the magazine from the court hotel when I was underage, 16, uh, sorry, court, um, and uh, yeah, reading it. That's, that's where I got my news.
1: Yeah, so out in Perth started in 2002, but before that in Perth, we had the West Side Observer, which started in 1988. And I've actually got the first edition of the West Side Observer on my desk, and it's about a5 size and it's photocopied and stapled together um, <laughs> and originally it had a price on it it was um, a dollar I think to buy and you there was actually like tins you could only buy it in the venue so you could buy it the Red Lion which is now the uh, Aberdeen Hotel and uh, there was a tin and you put a dollar in but the story I've heard is that the drag queens used to break into the tin and steal all the dollars so after a couple of <laughs> after a couple of issues they just made it free
0: yeah, yeah no why, why not it yeah. make a magazine well, free glitter costs money yeah.
1: that's it you know um, and and West Side Observer ran through uh, to sort of to the early, about 2000, I think. Then we had a few other little publications popped up for a little while. Um, we had one called Shout, which was like sh-out. Uh, I can't remember that which one. Which was there for a little while. And uh, then Out in Perth came in 2002, which means we're, we're 18 years old now. we are just adults. legal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You're legal now. <laughs> you can actually now go to the venues.
1: That's it. Um, although we've always been in the venues. now, we're, And for the last two years, of course, we've made the big move and went digital only and um, stopped having that monthly print, which a lot of people say, like, will we go back in print? And I'm like, absolutely not, uh, because there's two reasons. One, it costs a fortune. Um, so, you know, if you want to put in perspective, it's about $100,000 a year to print 12 issues of a magazine. We had one of the largest distribution runs of any queer magazine in Australia. We were very popular, but it made it very, very expensive. And printing in WA is really expensive, more expensive than all the other states. Um, so <laughs> we save a lot of money, save a lot of trees, yeah. um, and we just realised we, we used to have conversations about you know when will we stop being in print, and we used to have them like once every couple of months, and it got to the point where we were having them three times a week. Um, so we realised we'd reached that point where eighty percent of our content was only ever online anyway. We were writing so much it wouldn't fit in the print magazine. So 80% was online. Twenty Everything that was in print also went online. But a very small amount of that went on on into the print magazine. And just the world has changed, you know. We want our news now in, like, you know, minutes after it happens, not yeah. um, next month when well, next month's issue comes out. We're a very different place for how we engage with media. And then that's that, – just take a look last week when the we Lord Mayor – We did break a big story about our Lord Mayor, yes. um, which – we knew it was going to be a huge story. Um, I think we've had a few really big stories in the past. You might remember we did a story um, probably about three years ago or four years ago because it was during the state election um, about a One Nation candidate who believed that um, all gay people had a Nazi mind-control powers. Oh. Um, we broke that story four years ago. That, and That that'd be that, handy to have. That went huge. I'm like, if I had them, I would use them, yeah. Um, that was huge. So we kind of knew that when we got this story about the Lord Mayor Basil Zempler making some inappropriate, in-informed comments on his radio show... We knew it would go huge, not just because of what he'd said and um, how offensive it was and how problematic it was, but also because it it dealt with that crossover of being a politician and also being in the media, which was something which was in the political discussion in Perth. And people had said, this is not going to work. And within 10 days of being the mayor, he proved that it really doesn't. Mm. Um, So it just touched on many different layers. That what made it a huge story. And yes, it crashed our website so many times (laughs) as uh, every news... I don't think there's a news title in Australia from The Age to the Sydney Morning Herald to the ABC to um, Pelican, the UWA student magazine <laughs> to the Daily Mail have all linked back to us because we had the original story. And of course, it just kept bringing more and, more and more people to the site, which is amazing. Um, but there's only so many people it could handle it. It just crashed quite a yeah. few times. But a nice challenge to have.
0: It was it was interesting because we posted the audio clip on our Facebook page uh, and a story on our website. But we knew that Facebook was just going to go crazy for it. Mm. Thirty two thousand uh, views of the of the actual audio clip, and the comments started off being all supportive, and over the 24, 48 hours, seventy two hours the conversation swi- switched that uh, there was people that were actually agreeing for Basil. Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: And, and there are people out there in society who that is their belief, but maybe we haven't had a discussion with them yet. And I think what's interesting in this is I interviewed Basil. He, you know, to his credit, we got tracked him down on the day that he made those comments, and he got on the phone and talked to us about them, and that was on Wednesday afternoon. And to be honest, I don't think he really got... The gravity of what we were talking about. He invited me to be on his show on 6 PR on Thursday morning. I think by then it had started to sink in a little bit. And then when he did his press conference later in that day, it had definitely kind of oh, triggered yeah. the it- thought in his head. And I think I can see more than the general public can go because I can tell you we've had so many mums uh, send emails to the Lord Mayor and they've copied us in on them and they've said, Basil, I'm a mum, I've got a trans kid, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Um, And they haven't held back. And there has been a lot of them. Um, I've never had so much correspondence on one topic. But Basil has also responded to them all and he's apologised to each and every one that I've seen come across my email. Um, And he has, you know said that he's going to get the council to go and do the training. He's going to, He's sat down and met with people from trans folk. So I think often people are on the wrong side of an issue and they're ill-informed and then they have to catch up. And I think we have to give them a chance to catch up. And we saw that a lot through the marriage debate. You know, I was thinking of yeah. all those politicians who were like, no, I'm never going to vote for marriage equality. And then after a lot of conversations and a lot of people knocking on their door and a lot of people writing them emails, they went, actually, I've had to think about it. I've learnt a bit, and now I'm on the other side, you know. And that's, that's what we have here. And
2: I, and I think that's a really important point that you raise, that if we're not careful, if we're too aggressive uh, in our response, um, then it actually can help polarise people rather than try and get them to sort of uh, walk with us and understand our journey and where we've been and why this is important to us and why comments that people make that they sort of think, oh, well, this is just sort of banter or whatever or doesn't affect me and I don't really see how it would hurt anybody else um, it, it would actually not give people that opportunity to sort of go well actually yeah I really sort of stuffed up on this one I and, think and again. when
1: Basil invited me to be on 6PR they called me at 7 o'clock and said we we'll would be on 6PR at 7.30 which is a bit of like oh, okay um, you, you know. wouldn't
0: say no though that's the thing well
1: we do have a. we changed our policy down in Perth we used to say no we didn't talk to media we used to, media used to call us and say, would you comment on this? i say, well, no, I'm a journalist, you're a journalist, you're just being a really lazy journalist by calling me. Like, call someone who is trans or someone, you know, call Pride, call trans folk, call, yeah. you know, gay and lesbian equality we used to have. But then we realised what happened is a lot of those volunteer-based organisations didn't have time to get back in time to be on the news and then yeah. there would be no queer voice on the news. Yeah. So we said, no, we've got to do this. So now for the last four or five years we've said we will always – talk about something. Um, And whether it's a student doing a student newspaper report or it's Andrew Bolt or it's all those people, we've always answered and spoken. Um, But the thing I said when I was on 6PR is I can remember a friend of mine asking me, hey, what do you think about trans people? What's that about? Like, you know, 15, maybe almost 20 years ago. And I said to them, like, "I, I really don't understand. I don't understand why someone would want to change their gender. And I did say to them, like, but then I know I meet people who don't understand why I'm gay. And I remind myself that, you know, you don't necessarily understand someone else's experience. And I actually really regret that moment because five years down the track, that friend came out as being trans. And I wish I was better informed at that point. I wish I had met more people who were trans at that point so I could have given a better answer. And maybe they could have come out at that point to me as a friend five years earlier than they ended up doing. But, you know, it's only because after that I went out and I met lots of people and I... uh, you know, sat down. I heard about people's lives. One thing I've been to is I've been to all the medical conferences um, on trans um, yeah. research and the medical research. You know, because there is a lot of discussion about this in the media. The media do a terrible job of telling this story, especially the Australian newspaper. You know, they've done two hundred and fifty anti-kind trans stories in the last twelve months. So it's only by going out and learning and asking questions and finding out things that you educate yourself. I just wish I had educated myself sooner than I had. And I think you know, for the Lord Mayor. He wasn't there last week. He might not be there this week. I have some confidence he might be there in it, a little way it, down it the track. It sounds like he's on a crash course right now. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a test on Saturday. Nobody's told him yet. You know, we're going to pop up with some flashcards.
0: You know. <laughs> well, so tell us, uh, the website crashed. You had to buy more. more, more we had to buy more, a little bit more, more, bit more
1: bandwidth. bandwidth, yes. You're all good now, though. We are good. If you'd like to join our Patreon, that would be great because that would help pay for it. <laughs> <Good>
0: <laughs> it's a great,
1: it's a great um, challenge to have, you know. When you go, too many people are trying to read your website. Yeah. Um, and one thing we have seen is, like, I've this is a scary number. As you pointed out, we are the longest-running uh, LGBTIA publication in Western Australia. I'm also the longest-serving editor. Um, it'll be ten years I've been out in Perth next year, which is a little bit of a scary number. Um, But I know when I started out in Perth, the people used to go to the website each day, each month. There used to be about three to four thousand people a month went to the website, and now we would have about you know five thousand, six thousand people in a single day sometimes. So, um, uh, you know, the way we consume media has really changed. So, um, as where we used to have like a couple people a day, now we have thousands of people every day. Um, So, yeah, we're getting bigger and bigger, and And we're doing more and more.
2: And that's exciting, and you know, to, to have that content and to know that people are connecting with
1: it. Yeah, I think in the media, you always have to be changing. You always have to be moving. It always have to be, you know, the things you're doing you've got to stop doing, you've got to try out some new things and sometimes they work and sometimes they are terrible and then sometimes you look back at something you tried to do five years ago and someone else is doing it now and having going, you know, huge yeah. guns with it and yeah. you're like, oh, we're just ahead of the time. Yeah. You've just got to play with it. You know, there's no point in being on radio or being, you know, a filmmaker or being in any kind of creative media if you're not going to have some fun with it. You know, One of my favourite things we ever did with the print magazine, um, we did an interview with Joel Creasy once. And Joel Creasy is the uh, uh, second most interviewed person in Out in Perth after Tina Arena, who was the most interviewed person in Out in Perth. Um, And they said, can you interview Joel? He's coming to host like a variety charity event. I'm like, again, we only talked to him like six weeks ago. Like, we've got nothing else to ask Joel Creasy ever. Um, So we said, what can we do that's different? So we did an interview with Joel, but we did it over Twitter. And we invited everyone (laughs) to join in. And it was, like, quite a straightforward backwards and forwards between me and Joel for the first five or six questions. And then as soon as a member of the public joined in, it just went, like, who knows where this interview is going? Like, the questions were bizarre and strange and odd. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions he got asked was, Joel, has anyone told you you look like the actor who plays the character do Two Dads in Sea Patrol? Uh, to which Joel didn't know him, and then someone put a picture, and he's like, oh, my God, maybe my dad has, like, this is my long-lost yeah. brother. Just... Where is this interview going? Yeah. Um, and when we published it, we published it as one tweet at the bottom of each page.
0: Oh, um, right. So you had to wow. read,
1: you had to turn to every page in the magazine to yeah. see this interview, and it was just fun. You know, yeah. one thing we did in every issue of Out in Perth, and if you've got an old one of the print ones, you can go look at this for about um, probably about eight years. Um, there's the credits you have to put in the magazine, mm-hmm. and you have to put like you know your ISBN number and all the legal stuff, and like nobody reads that, right? Absolutely nobody, and we put a secret message in the credits. Um, and <laughs> once somebody finds it, they're like, I was, look, I was looking for your phone number, so I realised it would be in the credits of the magazine, and I went and read them, and then there's a message there. And then I went back and got last month, and so there's a message there. And I've got like five on my coffee table, they've all got secret messages in them. We're like, they all have the secret message. So <laughs> they,
2: have you got some conspiracy theorists now reading those messages <laughs> and seeing if you predicted Well, They, were all, predicted
1: they were all, If we, if we found out, you know, like, something about someone in the community that um, uh, was maybe a little bit embarrassing, they would generally be there. Um, and I'll tell you how it actually started. We used to have a guy who worked it out in Perth called Ollie Pincott, who was our salesperson. He now works um, for Steve Dawson in his office. Um, and Ollie had a day where he wasn't doing any work. He was just playing on Twitter. Um, he, he was just not doing any work. He was just tweeting all day. Like I thought, Trump. if he's just going to tweet all day, I'll just join in. And I just tweeted, not many people know this. But Ollie Pincott used to be in British boy band Hope. (laughs) Because Ollie looks like he's walked out of a boy band. And all the drag queens in Perth went, oh, my God, I never knew that, Ollie. And Ollie's turned around to me. He's like, why would you say that? I said, because... When they Google it, there really is a British boy band called Hope and they'll be able to find the singles, they'll be able to find the tune, but they won't be able to find any photos because they're not that well-known on a band. And the photos they can find are really low res and they'll look at like these five boys in this band and go, which one's Ollie? And they won't be able to quite work it out. And we thought that was funny. It was only about four weeks later that we realised that some of the drag queens like Barbecue and (laughs) Hanaconda were still believing that Ollie was in a boy band. And we had to break it to them. We had to say, "I oh, can't." It was just a joke we made, like in the mor- like just on the fly. And uh-huh. Barbie said, "I don't believe that. I believe that for like six weeks." And Hannah Condor chirped in and said, "I downloaded the single. I got it from." <laughs> yeah, they
2: A whole wall of you know pictures and string connecting them. So all.
1: the very first secret message was us saying. Sorry, Barbie and Hannah. Ollie wasn't really in the boy band Hope from the UK because if you'd done your maths, he'd have been about seven. Um, You know, that's where it started. But then we put in every month from then on and we had a lot of fun. There's lots of little hidden things in old issues about in Perth that, you know, you probably didn't even notice were there.
2: Oh, people are going to go to their archives now and start uh, pulling out the microscope or the... Someone wrote in once and said
1: there was a spelling error. And they wrote in and they said I wouldn't pass Year 4 English. Oh. And we used to have like a little background picture in the editorial each month. We put a different thing there. So the next month in the background was my Year 4 English report to show that, yes, I did.
0: <laughs> well, so can people still download the old editions? Do you know, some of them are on our website.
1: Um, all of them are in the state archives, nearly all of them. I've got a few to take down there. Um, they're also in the archives in the... Um, uh, gay and Lesbian Archives in Melbourne. Um, I guess one of those projects to do at some point will be to scan them all and uh, make them all available online. We also um, we have an archive at Out in Perth, um, which is not just we have all the Out in Perths and all the West Side Observers. We also have things like Camp Inc. We have some issues of that from the 70s. Um, we have all the a lot of issues of the Star Observer from Sydney, of Q News, because we all used to send each other our magazines yeah. these months. So we not only have an archive of all our stuff we have an archive of everybody else's stuff too and every time any one of us went overseas we picked up every gay publication we came across you know in san francisco new york berlin and often people would go like oh you know out and post not very good you know like if you were in new york you'd have a way better local gay magazine yeah. i'm like i can tell you you would not because <laughs> i've actually picked them up um so we have this massive archive it takes up um one of the rooms of my house so it would be my nice hazard. someone should give us a grant at some point to put all that stuff into a, a digital archive it would be nice
0: Well, it's been a really great pleasure to chat to you, Graham, about Out in Perth. For people who want to follow or find Out in Perth, if they are living under a rock...
1: Well, uh, outinperth.com is where you'll find us. You'll find us on Instagram, you'll find us on Twitter, you'll find us on Facebook, uh, and you won't find us on Pinterest,
0: uh, because we (laughs) gave up on that. Yeah, fair enough. So go and follow Out in Perth on Facebook, Instagram, and outinperth.com. We'll be back after this song. It is I'm Still Hot, which I am sweating my guts up here, but we'll be back on the other side of this. Stick around, stay tuned. You're listening to Purse dedicated LGBTIQA plus station. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of this.